a bit of a dry spell for the Cardinals offense and not the debut Kyle Gibson might have been looking for. Coming up on B-Shave Daily. What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to this edition of B-Shave Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you. It is Thursday, Leap Day, February 29th, 2024. Talking a little Cardinal baseball as the last couple of days for the Redbirds. Not too productive offensively as the Cardinals take a 3-0 loss up north in Port St. Lucie to the Mets. In a game where they really didn't send their full lineup, only just a, a few regulars were even on the trip for the Cardinals. So to get shut out that day, you're like, all right, it's spring training. That's kind of the way it goes sometimes. You know, Port St. Lucie is like 45 minutes north of Jupiter. And I think they had to, like, in terms of just for the fans and whatever it is, that you have to send a, a number of guys from that are going to be on your active roster. So, like, Nolan Gorman was up there, Dylan Carlson. There were a few. Alec Burleson was obviously on the roster last year. And I think he had a couple of hits yesterday. He did. He went on the trip as well, although we're not exactly sure whether he makes the roster this year with the new additions of Carpenter and Brandon Crawford for the bench. But nevertheless, it, it wasn't like the full-scale lineup. Today, the Cardinals taking on the Nationals at Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter had a pretty intriguing starting lineup. You know, something that mirrors either what we could see in the regular season or at least in, in a number of ways had a lot of similarities to what we could potentially see when the Cardinals open things up against the Dodgers later on in March. But again, another day where the Cardinal offense just didn't do much. The lineup today, I'll give it to you real quick, and then we'll kind of talk about breaking down the dry spell for the lineup right now. Still no homers to this point in the spring schedule for the Cardinals. I don't know for sure that they're the only major league team for, for whom that is the case, but I think that might be right. Cardinals have not homered yet, unless I missed it. Let me know in the comments below if I did. But it went Donovan, Goldschmidt, Newtbar, Arenado, Carpenter, Walker, Wynn, Scott, and Raposo was the catcher. They're giving Wilson Contreras a, a day to catch and then a day or two off before having him catch again. So he's kind of on that, that sort of timeline. And so it was Raposo getting the catching duties today for Kyle Gibson, who did not exactly have the Cardinal debut that he was looking for. But we'll talk about why, you know, at least in the eyes of Kyle Gibson and the Cardinals, that's not going to be a major concern but he just did start the outing off today, giving up a couple of home runs. One to Lane Thomas, former Cardinal. There's the old friend alert. And James Wood, the hotshot outfield prospect for the Nationals. I believe it was his third home run of the spring. So he's a guy that's been doing very well. And Gibson did give up a run as well in the second inning. So three runs allowed in his two innings of work today. This was his first Grapefruit League outing. I have seen the social media commentary. I know folks are kind of of the mind where they say, well, we didn't expect much. And so that's what you're kind of getting. Um, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to say from one spring training outing that the Cardinals got it wrong with Kyle Gibson. I think there's a lot that he can bring to the table that will help this team. But it is reality that at the end of the day, performance on the field is going to have to dictate a lot of what the Cardinals do this year. We can talk about bringing in veteran presence and steadying, stabilizing presence in the bullpen steadying, stabilizing presence in the rotation. We talk about all those things. Eventually, it's just going to come down to whether they win or lose games with the guys they have. So we'll keep that in mind, but we'll also talk a little bit about what we heard from Kyle Gibson after the outing and then just identify 
what do we think of the Cardinal offense? Because, yeah, it is a couple of days here in spring where we're not seeing a lot of productivity. We are spring-wide not seeing a ton of productivity, honestly, from the Cardinals offensively. Again, still no home runs this spring. It's a lineup that on paper should have a, a pretty good bit of power to it, but the fact that we haven't seen that so far. So we're going to talk about a couple of those things today and uh, just wanted to sit down and record before my radio show, which is 4 p.m. Central. So uh, I am kind of squeezing this in between the game itself and my show, but want to have a podcast as many days as possible and during the regular season when there are real games to talk about. That's always going to be the case. So make sure you hit that subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner of this video on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at bshafer12 is where you go to find the channel and subscribe if you're listening now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you are listening on YouTube and want to subscribe on those apps or follow the podcast on those apps, I would really appreciate you doing so. And make sure always to check out my work at firstalert4.com slash sports or simply kmov.com slash sports. We'll get you there either way. And just put up a story on Cooper Jerpy, exciting Cardinal pitching prospect, uh, first-round pick in the 2022 MLB draft, has made a nice impression so far at his first big league camp down here in Jupiter. And so I wrote about him earlier today in a story that published uh, for KMOV. So please do check that out. Um, they're sending me here to spring training to, to do stories like that. So appreciate you guys for uh, giving that a read and uh, checking out my written work, as well as the podcast work that we do here on the YouTube channel. So let's go ahead and get into it. How worried should we be about the Cardinals offensively right now? Spring training, these games don't count. And of course, last year, I think the Cardinals were, were Grapefruit League champs, right? They had the best record in the Grapefruit League, and we all know how that turned out for them in the regular season. Not super well. What I would say right now about where they are is, first of all, you've got about a month still before that opener in, in Los Angeles takes place. And that when these guys are out here, you're not seeing them for a full game at this point in spring. It is starting to expand a little bit beyond what it had been the first couple of weeks. Like I, I'm looking at the box score here from today. Donovan, three at-bats. Lars Newbar getting three at-bats. Paul Goldschmidt, I think, only had two. So it's going to kind of depend on on player to player. Jordan Walker looks like he stayed in for three at-bats, went one for three. A couple of strikeouts. He's hitting just 100 for the spring. So like a slow start from him for sure. Uh, Mason wins off to a nice start, one for three. He's got a 1250 OPS. And again, this is all in limited data. But like Arenado's got an OPS over 1,000. Lars Newpar is over 900 for his OPS. Paul Goldschmidt's not done much just yet. Uh, a little bit slow for Donovan in terms of the power numbers at a 660 OPS, but he's hitting 286. I mean, that I know offhand, 286. He's like either two for seven or, or four for 14. Like it's not anything super sizable right now. So you don't want to overreact to these limited samples, especially, again, when guys aren't playing full games just yet. But I will say when you get into it, like the Cardinals are going to have to be a good offensive team this year. They're going to have to. I, I don't know if even a top 10 offense carries this team to the playoffs. When you think about the way the, the rotation is constructed, where does it have a chance to be solid? Does it have a chance to be okay? It does. Does it have a chance to be a top five rotation in baseball or even maybe a top 10? Um, you know, anything's possible, but I wouldn't predict it. I wouldn't project the Cardinal rotation of Gray, Michaelis, and of course we don't know the order yet, but Gray, Michaelis, Lynn, Gibson, Mats as top 10 or 12 in Major League Baseball. Like it would, I imagine they're going to be closer to that soft, cushy middle 
where ideally you've got five guys that are starting 30-plus times. Maybe in reality for Steven Matz, that's more like 15 to 20. Not that he couldn't go out and start 30 times for you this year, but the track record is what it is over the last couple of years with the Cardinals. I think we've talked about the the freakish nature of some of the injuries he's gone through, but um, you know it's just been the case that he's not been reliable for those 30 outings, those 30 starts the last couple of years. In this past season, it wasn't really due to injury at the beginning. It was just kind of performance base that the Cardinals decided to shift him for the bullpen for the while. And I think he ended up learning from that experience and has come into to spring camp looking to contribute in a meaningful way. The Cardinals are slow playing him for sure. He did throw a uh, live BP on the backfields today, get a sense better of how he recovered from that as the days and weeks go along here. But the Cardinals' next step for him would be to get him into Grapefruit League games, and they're okay with him maybe being a little bit off the pace that everybody else is setting because it is a major priority to keep Steven Matz on the field healthy for the long run this season. And if if taking it a little bit easier to begin in spring rather than him being a guy who historically is, you know, thrown often on a weekly basis and has, has you know, maybe suffered consequences of just as much as he's tried to work hard and, and work frequently, you want to you want to save the arm and keep it ready for the long run. So the Cardinals are trying that strategy with him this spring, and we'll see if it pans out. But you look in the rotation, and you know we'll see what Stephen Matz ends up doing. We'll see what Lance Lynn ends up doing. I think Lance Lynn can be a an X factor for the Cardinals in this rotation. But you know there might be games as a guy who predominantly throws fastballs and is in his mid thirties and doesn't throw overwhelming velocity. There are going to be games where maybe his stuff is not as crisp and you know those outings might be challenges and those are going to be days where you're going to hope to see him get through five or six innings with the Cardinals still in the game giving up maybe four or five runs whatever the case might be on that I'm not saying that's going to be the norm I'm not saying they can be overwhelmingly successful if that does end up being the norm but I think there are going to be days where that happens and there are probably going to be days where that happens with Kyle Gibson where and, and he talked about it after his outing today where you know he threw 40 some odd pitches through two innings today if that's a regular season game he's the kind of guy that's made up his mind that I'm not going to give away innings and give away outs. I'm going to recognize the importance of going out and trying to get through six innings here, even if I give up four runs, to get through six, to spare the bullpen, to be part of a a cog in the machine of a five-man rotation that can keep things rolling throughout a series or throughout a week. Those are going to be things that that matter to guys like Kyle Gibson. And, you know, Miles Michaelis, we've seen him at times give up early runs but find ways to get through six, seven innings. Like that's going to be a theme, I think, of the Cardinals rotation. And it's not to to say like, wow, that sounds real fun. Is even if you give up four runs, just go through six innings and and put that on a pillow and feel good about it. Like that's not, I think, what I'm trying to say. And I know that that could be a way that it sounds for for Cardinals fans who are maybe a little more on the cynical side to say like that doesn't sound like a winning recipe. Sonny Gray hopefully is going to have the ace caliber numbers even more so than just having the demeanor and the willingness to help a teammate and all of these very good things that we, I think, are are going to come to appreciate about Sonny Gray and what he brings to the table for the Cardinals. But his numbers are going to have to be really good, right? Because there are four other veterans in the rotation who you could maybe see a, a ceiling for that's more limited than going out there and having a guy who could contend for the Cy Young. Like, Miles Michaelis has all-star seasons under his belt. I think he can have that kind of season again this year. He flashed good velocity on Wednesday, by the way, in Port St. Lucie in his outing. 
and was super efficient. Couple of scoreless innings. Great to see. I think he even had to throw a little bit more in the bullpen because of the, the pitch count that they wanted to reach for him. So those are good things. And like Miles Michaelis having a bounce back season, I think is would be really important for this team. I also think it's going to be partially dependent upon what kind of defense is behind him because he is a guy that will pitch to contact on the ground, ideally, but there'll be fly balls and, and balls that drop in. Some of it will be hard contact. Some of it will be soft contact. And in general, you just need good fielding gloves behind you if you're a guy that doesn't have that strikeout rate near nine per nine, a strikeout per inning, nine Ks per nine, and Miles is more like six or seven, you, you're going to be more reliant upon the defense behind you. So those are all realities of the Cardinals season. And I think, again, Tommy Edmond, whether he can be healthy for opening day, is going to be helpful and important to that end as well. But when you look at this rotation, if it's 14th, 15th best in baseball, I think that's kind of the way the Cardinals constructed it. Right? Is there a chance of an all-star season for Miles Michaelis? There is. Is there also a decent median result for his season that ends up around like a 4.1 ERA in 200 innings? I think so. For Kyle Gibson, is a reasonable median to say, yeah, four and a half, four seven ERA, but 170, 180 innings and starts 30 times? I think that's very plausible. It's been kind of the story of his career. Lance Lynn, I think there's a wider variance when it comes to what we could see from Lance Lynn because last year was really rough, had a high ERA that if it's replicated for the Cardinals, people aren't going to be super happy. But I also think there were circumstances that went into that where we could reasonably expect with a median expectation, Lance Lynn to be a lot closer to what he had been previously in his career, which there have been all-star caliber seasons, Cy Young contending seasons at times for Lance Lynn. But in the median expectation, like if it's a four and a half ERA or even like a, let's say like the median expectation, but on a, with an optimistic slant, like he's in the high threes, like a 3.8, 3.9 ERA, 170, 180 innings and a K per inning. Like I think that could happen. But even that, if that's your second best and Miles is around a four ERA and Gibson around a four, six or four, seven, Steven Matz could be under four, but is he going to make those 30 starts? Like even everything I'm describing now at best is maybe like a top 12 rotation. I don't know that it, unless Sonny Gray does win the Cy Young, he finished second last year. I just don't know that this rotation on paper, as is constructed, you would you would expect to finish as one of the league's best. And that's okay. But what it does mean is I think you look a little more closely at the offensive numbers for the Cardinals and say, yeah, they're going to be relying on that group to sort of carry the load. And I think that can work for the Cardinals in 2024. Because I think when you look at the offense on paper, there is a ton of upside. But you also have to realize, like, maybe not everybody's going to hit on those hopes and those expectations for what the season could be. And that's really what it's going to boil down to is, like, how many of these guys, and I feel like we had the same conversation last year, and it sort of, got lost a little bit in the shuffle because of the fact that the Cardinals, their pitching was so bad that it it made it almost a fruitless conversation to ask about the hitting. And it still matters because you could have an offense that overcomes a lot on the pitching side. A lot of the narrative last year felt like when they give up five or six runs in the first two innings, it sort of puts the offense in a mindset of, well, now we're chasing the game, and that's a lot of pressure to put on a team. And it's human nature maybe to kind of fold to that pressure a little bit. 
But then you can just look statistically. It's like how many times does a team, any team, even good teams throughout a year, score six or seven runs over the course of the final seven innings of a game, right? So you, it, it's just tough to line those days up when you're able to have the, the robust production with the day that your starter gave up five, and then also your bullpen has to hold the fort for another six or seven innings. Like those are a lot of, that's a tough needle to thread is what we'll say. And that's why I kind of look at it as, yeah, maybe you just, if you're going to overcome that, it's not enough to say it's a, ten, a top 10 offense. It's got to be like a top five offense or maybe a top three offense, or you better have the best damn bullpen in baseball. Some combination of those things to get you over the top and sort of cover up the warts of an area of the team that doesn't perform as well. Last year, that was unequivocally the starting pitching. This year, what will it be? Hopefully nothing. Hopefully the, the the steadying presence of guys like Gibson in the rotation can bring what they need to that kind of three through five in the rotation. But when you're looking at spring training stats right now, you're going, eh, I don't know if I see it. In the case of Kyle Gibson, giving up a home run to Lane Thomas, giving up a home run to James Wood, it happens. It's his first outing of spring. My official stance is, yeah, don't probably read too much into it and decide that from this, that Kyle Gibson is going to be a busted signing for the Cardinals. I still think there are going to be days where he's sharp. There are going to be days where he's not. And and when he's not, he'll be the, the kind of guy and the kind of pitcher within a starting five that can help battle through and get you the, the little extra step that last year's rotation simply didn't have. It didn't have those guys that were going to, after coughing up a couple runs in the first couple few innings, still find a way through five or six to spare the bullpen and keep a game competitive. It just didn't happen that often, and we'll see what the Cardinals are able to bring to the table for this year. But I do think Kyle Gibson had an interesting answer to a question about sort of what makes that five-man rotation go and what's your role within that throughout a regular season. And so give you a little bit of an idea into the mindset of Kyle Gibson. We'll play some audio right here. I don't know. I don't know that there's really one way to do it right. Um, you know, some of it is luck and staying healthy. Sure. Um, you know, some of it is is having the... The conversations mid-series, you know, going into a series, um, being realistic in situations where, hey, like, listen, last series we kind of beat up the bullpen. This series we got to really, you know, do a good job of getting into the sixth and seventh and putting, you know, putting it kind of all on us a little bit when we need to go 110 pitches and, and take some stress off the bullpen. So um, I think just those open lines of communication about what you see, it's one thing that you can really – do with a with a rotation with some years under his belt is you know I feel like Lance is going to be open to come up and say hey yesterday I felt this was working and I thought it wasn't you know um you you can have those different conversations and have that different level of comfort with each other um and maybe you're not doing it on certain guys start day you know some people are quieter than others but for the most part like you have a pretty good idea that if somebody's come up with some substance, you know, something that you can listen to and lean on, and um, there's just that different different level of experience that, that comes with it. So that's Cardinals starter Kyle Gibson after Thursday's outing. Didn't quite go the way that he wanted. Sinker, he said he think maybe he left it up a little bit to James Wood. The pitch to Lane Thomas. He said he was talking with Dusty as well. I think this was during the game just about the notion of Lane Thomas being able to 
detect that side-to-side movement pretty well in that maybe in a real game where you're not trying to work on just specific pitches and sequences in spring training, you would probably not throw the sequence that you did there to Lane Thomas. But it's spring training, and so the reality is you are working on things. He said, look, if there's a spot where I'm looking to throw an 0-2 breaking ball, I might have to throw it in an 0-1 count during that day because I don't know what the counts are going to bring if I'll get a chance to to execute and work on that pitch if I don't get into the 0-2 count. So you kind of have to do things in ways that aren't really customary and that you wouldn't do in a game in a regular season if you were really trying to maximize your chance to record the out and get the win. And that's the reality of the way these guys look at it. And I asked Kyle, too, like, at this stage in your career, is that something that's a lot easier to do than it might have been when you were a newer MLB player or a minor leaguer coming to spring training? Here was Kyle Gibson's answer to that question. Yeah, I, no doubt. Um, you know, I was talking with, you know, Raposo today before we went out there, and he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, well, there's going to be a situation here where we're in an 0-1 count, and I want to throw a two-strike breaking ball, right? Like, you just don't know if you're going to ever get to two strikes, so you got to work on it at some point. So, um, yeah, there's certain things like that that, you know, fortunately I'm at the point in my career where I can take a little bit of, you know, extra pitches in an outing and work on something that I'm probably – not going to do in a normal situation um and yeah i mean you never want to give up homers or loud contact but um you know when you're out there with a purpose it's it's like a bullpen right like you got to have a purpose right now in spring training when you're throwing and i'm at that point in my career where i can go out there with a purpose get my pitches in and really work on something specific and as long as i feel good and everything is getting better as spring goes i'll be okay so that's kind of some of the explanation from kyle gibson that i was alluding to about what it's like to be going through that first outing of spring and some of the things you might be working on. He did say that, look, he's not making the excuse that that's exactly what happened on giving up the home runs so they don't count. Like, that's not what this is. And he said, no, that's not what this is, and you don't want to give up homers. But, again, I think the takeaway is what he says there at the end. As long as he comes through it healthy, is able to start work on the things that he is going to be prioritizing, then that's really going to be, I think, the takeaway for him and for the Cardinals ultimately as – Again, that's just the first time you've seen him this spring. There will be more goes at it before even you as a Cardinals fan out there have to make your determination about how to feel about this rotation coming into the actual season. But I think it is a group of guys that, like Kyle said in the previous clip, can talk with one another, can bounce ideas, can feel comfortable in where they're at in the stages of their careers to kind of have that cohesion within a unit. So, Let me know kind of how you're feeling, Cardinals fans, about the rotation right now, uh, about Kyle's outing, whether it's something that's concerning to you, whether you're looking at it kind of the way that he does of let's just see some more outings in spring before we, you know, we start making determinations or getting concerned about the status of things. I would say that a similar thought process when it comes to how the offense is performing, but I could also understand that, like, look, if if this team doesn't collectively find its stride at the plate this spring, it's going to be a little bit difficult for you as a fan to buy into the notion that this is going to be the top five offense that it perhaps needs to be to get the Cardinals back where they want to be, not only contending in the NL Central, at least to a wild card status so they can make the postseason, but ideally winning the division because it's not expected to be top to bottom that incredibly strong like some other divisions, AL East, etc., And then beyond that, what can they do in the postseason? Because when the Cardinals have made the playoffs, 
over the course of my time covering the team. And then, I mean, even you go back to the, the few postseasons before that, like 2015, when they end up making the untimely exit, it's often been because of the bats kind of going silent on them. And that's a, a trend through, you know, probably most teams that make the playoffs and then eventually don't win the World Series. But it seems to have been really more sharp when it comes to some of those recent Cardinals teams, 2019, 2020, when it comes to, I mean, even 2021 in the wild card game against the Dodgers and 2022 in the series against Philadelphia, offensively, they've kind of fallen silent. So I think it's a matter of, we know this Cardinal team is going to have to be great during the regular season in order to win the division with the roster that they have constructed around that lineup. And then you have to hope that those guys can also be playoff performers. But October is a long way away from leap day in February. So still plenty of things that can unfold. And again, when I think I look at this offense on paper, I do like how it comes out. I don't know if it's top five in baseball, and I do think it needs to be that top five or maybe top six or seven in order to accomplish an 86 to 90 win season that will get this team back into October baseball. But when you look at a little bit of the the construction today, and Ollie Marnell downplayed it, he's going to continue to downplay it, but I'm going to go out on the limb and say that I I do think there's some method to the madness when you look at some of the the lineup construction that we see in spring. Lars Nupar batting third today. All he said, it's more about just getting the number of at-bats for these guys um, and and more so than constructing a game-ready batting order. But Donovan batting leadoff, I think, could be a great table setter for this team. We know they want to go uh, left, right, left, I should say. I said light. Uh, Left, right, left would look like Donovan, Goldschmidt, and then either Nupar or Gorman up the middle in that three hole. I don't know that it's leaning one way or the other. If I had to guess, I would say Newt Bar, but Gorman wasn't in today's lineup because I think he played yesterday. So it's, it's impossible to pick anything away from that essentially. But when you go Donovan Goldschmidt, Newt Bar, Arenado, that's a good one through four. I think you've got on base, you've got power. You've got a, a very good balance to that start of a lineup. And then do they go Wilson Contreras batting fifth or do they, continue the left-right-left trend and put Nolan Gorman in the five spot, bumping Wilson down to six, and then you know Jordan Walker is going to be in that mix. He has to take a step forward. I thought this was a really interesting uh, series of Twitter polls that Brandon Kylie for 101 ESPN put out, and maybe I'll kind of go through my thought process on my answers to his questions in another podcast here coming up soon. I also want to do a podcast on the Jordan Montgomery stuff because I saw Jim Bowden saying, that you know maybe he doesn't want to come back to the Cardinals. And I say, yeah, no, duh. I've been trying to uh, tell you guys that on this podcast all offseason, that it takes two to tango. And A, the Cardinals aren't spending you know that kind of money on another starting pitcher anyway. And Jordan Montgomery wouldn't be a guy that I would peg for a return to the Cardinals. Again, not that there are a bunch of hard feelings or anything. I'm not trying to you know go out on that limb. But I, I just think that the writing would have been on the wall for everybody to kind of go in there their direction. So maybe we'll get a chance to talk more about that. It's probably a dead horse that I think we've beaten enough, but since it was kind of like newsy to to some people this week, I thought maybe I would get around to talking about that a little bit, but I did. I I wanted to potentially do a, a podcast on BK's series of tweets because it was basically who's most important to the Cardinals being successful this year. It was a rotation version where I think he had Steven Matz, Lance Lynn, and maybe Kyle Gibson as the trio that you could pick who's most important to the Cardinals this year in, in terms of having success as a team. And the position player one was Jordan Walker, and I think Donovan and Newt Bar were maybe the three. 
And then there was one as well for just Tommy Edmund, Mason Wynn. You had to pick one of the two on that. So we can kind of talk about that maybe in a, a podcast. Let me know in the comments if you think that would be interesting to kind of break down like who the key players are in terms of like if this guy's season goes one way or the other, that might go a long way toward determining how the Cardinals season goes. And I think BK did a nice job of lining up those polls, but I had different answers than he had to uh, some of his own questions. So if you think that would be interesting, we could line that up and maybe I could line it up at some point to actually talk with BK and put that on the channel. Uh, I know he's a busy guy with a, with a young kid as well. So maybe not, but either way, it's something that I would like to talk about because I think is interesting and little tease and preview to that. Jordan Walker, I think is going to be super duper important to what the Cardinals do this year. Obviously a slow start to camp with a lot of strikeouts and a low batting average early on in, in spring training, but we know what he's capable of at the plate. And if he can take that step forward from like, are probably the number seven hole in the Cardinal lineup, that would be notable, certainly, to what they're able to be as an offense. And then toward the bottom is going to be Mason Wynn and Tommy Edmond if he's healthy. The center fielder, like Dylan Carlson, you know, maybe would be the, the eight-hole batter with Mason Wynn batting ninth. In the case of Edmond not starting the season with the team, going to continue to sprinkle the name Victor Scott out there to see, you know, what kind of spring does he have? I think if Edmund is right around the corner, but just not ready by March 28th, but if he's going to be ready by April 15th, then you probably don't pull the, the trigger on bringing Victor Scott onto the 40-man roster and onto the active roster that quickly. But otherwise, you know, maybe there's room for that if he if he beats the door down this spring. So those are sort of the things I'm looking at with this offense. I, I still think it can be a very good one because I look at that one through nine, and I don't see a lot of guys that I just expect to completely drop off the table. You know, I would argue that for a number of them, Walker when uh, Gorman, if he can can just play more games with the, the back, I don't think he's going to have just lesser productivity. I don't think he's going to hit fewer home runs and, and, and more at-bats. I don't think he's going to have a much lower slash line. Same thing with guys like Lars Newpar. Like the, the conversation around Newt is, is there more power in there to where you could look at him and, and see him be like a number three guy in a lineup? Can he produce more power consistently and, and stay healthy on the field because he had some injuries kind of hamper him a little bit last year too. Brendan Donovan, don't know about the power or if it's even necessary. He did start to display some power last year, but then obviously the injury kind of sapped a lot of what he did uh, in the middle of the year and then was out August and beyond. So I think for a lot of these guys, there's room for improvement. And, you know, if, if you're worried that the older player, like, I mean, Goldschmidt's in his mid-30s. Arenado is not even in his mid-30s yet. So to think that he's going to drop off the table, I just don't really see it. I think on paper, it looks very good. Will it be good enough to sort of coalesce with the rotation and the quality of talent that they have in that group and as well as the bullpen to get the Cardinals where they want to go? Let me know. Sound off in the YouTube comment section below and subscribe to the channel for consistent Cardinals coverage throughout the season and the, the preseason as we're continuing coverage from down here in Jupiter for at least the next few days before I head back to St. Louis and keep doing podcasts from there, even though I won't be in sunny Florida. So Subscribe, enjoy, appreciate you guys. Like this video too. I, I forget to say that sometimes. Like the video, comment below, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Shape Daily. Peace.